Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Well, good morning, Windsor Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you've tuned in with us today. I think that it's a great thing for us to come together and join in worshiping and lifting up our hands before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I hope that you're not ashamed to do that wherever you're at. We could just stand in his presence, that we can lift up our hands. Let's pray right now as we begin today. Father, I thank you that as we come into your presence with joy and with gladness, that you have made a way for us today because you are the way maker. Holy Spirit, we thank you that as you speak to us today through your word and through the ministry time, I thank you that every heart is open to hear what you have to say. I thank you, Lord, that you're transforming us into your image and into your likeness each day so that we can be instruments of your glory, instruments of your power, and that we can build the kingdom of God with you here on earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that I'd like to do this morning is I'd like to receive our tithes and our offerings. And you know, one of the things that I, I was thinking about as we were putting this together is God gave Jesus to humanity. And then Jesus gave his life for humans when he went to the cross. And then when he rose from the dead, he purchased our freedom. But see, now we give our lives to Christ. And then after we give our lives to Christ, what do we do? We bless others or we live to be a blessing to others and one of the things that happens when you give your tithes and your offerings is it gives us as a church the opportunity to be a blessing to many others so that people can hear the message of hope so that people can get the support and the hope that they need so we thank you for your generous giving and uh, I think that's something that Paul talks about when he's when he's writing in some of his epistles he's talking to the churches and he says I thank God for your generosity. Why? Because the churches that he was ministering within, that group of churches that the Apostle Paul had, they gave generously to other places that were in need, in this case the Jerusalem church, but there's, there's all kinds of places around the world that have need, and especially right now during COVID, if God has blessed you with resources, as Christians, we should live generously and give generously. So Father, I thank you for the seed in our hands. May it never leave our lives. I thank you for the faithfulness in the arena of tithes and offerings and that your people, Lord, will continue to produce income in times like this. That, Lord, your blessing and your favor is upon them and you sustain us and that every bill is paid and every debt is eliminated, Lord, and there's extra left over so that people can be a blessing to others. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. You know, and I have a, a quick sad announcement that I'd like to make for all of you. Some of you might know Bishop Tony Miller, and he went home to be with the Lord the other day. And uh, it's a sad day in the kingdom. He was a blessing to many churches and many ministries, and he was a blessing to this body. Uh, he stood on this very platform on multiple occasions. I will still to this day never forget the day that Pastor turned around and handed the usher a note about two tablets. And when the usher went in the back, he thought he meant the Ten Commandments, not the two vitamin C tablets, and uh, when the usher started walking in with the Ten Commandments, we had a very good laugh as Bishop Miller um, was repenting on the platform, and he was 
but he, he spoke much inspiration and he spoke much joy and he spoke much courage and he spoke much wisdom to many, many people, including myself. He will be greatly missed here on earth, but we know that heaven's having a celebration. And uh, anyways, sad day in the kingdom. Here in Windsor, we've been working on a series called If Then. In the last two messages that we've done on humility and prayer, I really feel that they paved the way or set the tone for the conversation that we're going to have today in, in this one. And this is all based on 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And let's just stop right there and seek my face. And one of the things that I think you have to understand is in some of the Hebrew contexts, not all of them, but when they use that word face in this kind of a context, seek his face, um, it can also be translated presence. You're seeking his presence because ultimately in the Hebrew language, when you are looking at someone face to face, you are in their presence. And when you are seeking God's face, you are in his presence. And I think that today as we talk about seeking his face or seeking his presence, it's one of the things that we as Christians must do. We must spend time in God's presence. So humility and prayer, they precede the presence of God. They also prepare us to be in his presence because if you are operating in pride, then you are not in the presence of God. And if you are prayerless, then you don't have a relationship with God. In 1 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 11, I'm going to go to the Amplified Translation. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually, longing to be in his presence. If you're seeking his face continually, you will be in his presence. If there's no preparation, there's no presence. You see, one of the things that's really important for us is you have to always be preparing your heart to be in the presence of God. We do this through what? Through prayer, through reading the scriptures, through worship when we lift up our holy hands and we give praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And what happens is too many people spend very little or no time in preparation and then they wonder why they don't have the presence of God inside of their life. One of the things that I've noticed in this world that we live in today, people get too busy and, you know, one of the things you need to understand is if you're going to be too busy to spend time with God, if you're going to be too busy to read his word, you're not going to have his presence inside of your life. And it's going to really affect your personal revival. Now, one of the things that we talk about is, uh, you know, everyone wants revival, revival, revival. You know, revival is good. The thing is, you can't be revived if you weren't alive at some point in Christ. You know, we even sing about that, Lord, send revival, Lord, send it now. What does that mean? It means the ones that were lit on fire for God, the ones that were awake, the ones that were engaged, for some reason that flame has gone down or burned out. And in your life today, if you're singing songs like Lord Send Revival, do you really want the revival to come to you? Do you really want to be lit? Do you really want to be engulfed in God's presence? Do you really want to be on fire for him? Do you really want to be with Jesus? And some of you go, yes, 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 yes. That's good. But the truth is, too many Christians are in the struggle. They're stuck in the struggle. 
you know, if we make time for what's important to us, then why do we have time for football and hockey and the ultimate fighting championship and other sports, but not to read our Bible? I wonder how many people watching today actually watched the fight last night. Or let me say that again. I wonder how many people who watched the fight last night actually are going to read their Bible today. It's a priority issue. Sometimes we put emphasis and priority on the things that we shouldn't put emphasis and priority on. If you're struggling or if you're stuck in the struggle, maybe you need to stop and evaluate your priorities. Maybe you need to look at what's most important in your life. A good indication of what's super important to you is what do you spend the most time with? Or what do you put the most emphasis on? You know, people have time for gaming, but not time for prayer. People have time to chain watch their favorite shows on, you know, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, whatever else it is that they watch, but they don't have time to feed their spirit for maybe something like a right now media. You know, we as a church have made that available to all of you. Um, if you go to right now media, and you sign up for an account with them, it's free because we pay for it for you. There's all kinds of Christian content there for you to be a blessing to you, to feed your spirit, to encourage you in the things of God. You know, years ago, <laughs> and, and I meet people like this from time to time, but I was, I, was, I was running a youth group, and one of the young men in my youth group, and I, I may have shared this before, but it's still, it's amazing to think how time gets wasted. And his mom wanted me to talk to this young man because he was really struggling in school and she was having a hard time with him at home. And, and really, at the end of the day, I, he just wasn't using his time wisely. But I remember my first question to him, I said, hey, uh, how much time do you watch in an average week for TV? Actually, I think I asked him about a day. And he, he came back with the answer. He was like, he goes, about eight hours. And I said, no, not a week. It, a day and he goes well about eight hours a day which is about 56 hours a week for television and I remember sitting down with this young man and I said listen what we're gonna do is why don't we cut your TV time in half and I want you to spend an hour reading your Bible praying you know spending some time with the Creator I want you to spend doing your homework because he was struggling in school I want you to spend an hour helping your mom around the house, cleaning up, and I want you to spend an hour practicing your guitar. And he said, okay. And you know, in a very short amount of time, his mom was happy because he was engaged at home, helping around the house. His guitar playing started going through the roof because he was putting in an hour a day practicing. His grades started going up and his relationship with God started going up. So three months later, after he had put this discipline in and he had cut his, I said, well, how about we go through another round of this and cut your TV time down to two hours a day and we'll find some other things to do with that extra time. And you know, this is a priority issue for us. You know, most of you will get a screen time report once a week from your phone. It'll tell you how many hours a day you spend on your device or connected to the world outside you. And I know some of us, we work on our phones and we do things on our phones, you know. I read my Bible on my phone and I, I, I do all kinds of things. I also do other things on my phone, I'm not gonna lie and say I don't ever do anything different than that. But every week I get an average of how much time each day I spend connected to this device. Some weeks I'm baffled by the number of hours that disappear. How about you? 
There's numerous Christ-centered teachings that are streaming on the web. Let's take advantage of those. We have time to watch countless videos on social media, but no time to study God's word. We have time for hanging out with our friends, but no time to worship together with the saints. We have time for exercise, which profits little, is what the Bible says, but not time to really study and dig in to the Bible. Maybe do a word study on the Hebrew or the Greek, or maybe do a, a chapter study or a topic study. If Christians were as concerned about sculpting their spirit as they are their body, I assure you the kingdom of God would be advancing all over the earth much faster than it is today. You as an individual will only be as close to God as you want to be. You have to make a choice each day. Do I want to be close to God or not? Without humility in your life, there's not going to be the presence of God. Without prayer in your life, you're not going to have the presence of God. You have no time for God, no see at his face. Oh, wait a second. That one brought out some Sicilian in me. I'll say that again. You don't have time for God, you're not going to see his face. You're not going to see God's face. In Luke chapter 11, verse 5, Jesus has just gone through the Lord's Prayer, which we talked about last time. And then it says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine's just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. Suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed, I can't help you. But I tell you this, Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Jesus is telling us a principle here about being persistent in prayer when you're talking to God. But I think about that. In that day, if someone was to knock on your door at midnight, it wasn't like you got up and turned on the light and walked down the hall and got a loaf of bread and then unlocked the door. I think they might have used candles, but I don't even think they had matches. They would have had to light a lamp. They would have had to go. I, I, I just think about that, and I'm like, if someone showed up at my house at midnight asking for food, if it was a friend, okay, that's one thing. But I tell my friends, knock on my door, but don't enter my house, because you might meet my friend Louis Ville. Um, some of you will get that later. Um, but that's not the point here. In verse 9, and so I tell you, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And he says, your fathers, if your children ask for fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If sinful people, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We have to continue to seek God. We have to continue to seek his presence. We have to continually make it the meditation of our heart. We have to continue to make it our desire to be in his presence. It's something you do daily. It's something you should be pursuing all of the time, the presence of God inside of your life. And one of the things, <laughs> I remember this, I always laugh when I think about this, but there was an older couple, they were driving down the road, and the wife looks over at the husband and goes, you know, you remember back when we were young, you used to drive down the street and you had your arm around me and I was cuddled up next to you and we were so in love. And he said, 
well, I still love you, but keep in mind, I never moved. And, and isn't it like that with God? Sometimes we're feeling disconnected from God. Maybe right now you're feeling disconnected from God. God didn't move. Maybe you're feeling unloved. Maybe you're feeling unwanted, rejected, discouraged, anxious. You could be feeling afraid. You could be lonely. You could be depressed. You could be angry. You could be bitter. You could be hurt. In the book of Psalms, verses 105, 4. Sorry, chapter 105, verse 4. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Psalms 27, verse 8, amplified. When you said, seek my face in prayer, require my presence as your greatest need. My heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I will seek on authority of your word. You know, if you're feeling disconnected from God, let me tell you something. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. No, it isn't. No offense to Mr. Dillon, but no, it isn't. The answer's not blowing in the wind. The answer's in God's word. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. In his presence is where you're going to see the sick healed. In his presence, you're going to see the captive set free. That's where the oppressed are going to be liberated. That's where the dead are going to be revived. That's where the brokenhearted are going to be restored. The sad are going to become glad. Doesn't the word of God tell us in Psalm 1611 that in his presence, there's fullness of joy? It talks about the joy of his presence. What are we really seeking? What are we really looking for? You can seek his face, his presence. Do you want to be in the presence of God? Do you want to be looking at him face to face? Is that your heart's desire? Or are you trying to use God to get power? Is God your crutch so you can have more money, more glory, more fame? Or maybe you just want the gossip. Maybe you're seeking happiness. I don't know what you're seeking. You know what you're seeking. You and your heart know what you're seeking. But the truth is, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, the Passion Translation, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we yearn for all that is above. And that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. See, honor, power, authority, they belong to Christ. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God and Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. We have to feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? We keep going back to this again and again and again. If you focus on the things of God, guess what? Then you're going to start inheriting the things of God. If you're focusing on, the, focusing on the things of this world, you're going to start inheriting the things of this world, which is but a vapor and a dust. This world is only temporary. We need to focus on eternal things. We need to focus on heaven's things, the treasures of heaven. You know, things like love and joy, hope, life. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to be face-to-face -face with God so that we can be in his presence. And our heart yearns to be in his presence. 
The truth is, it says, who you really are will be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Some of you wonder who you are or why you're here. Your identity is in Christ. As a son or a daughter of the king, you are put here on earth to rule and reign with him. You're put here on earth to overcome adversary, adversary, adversity, I can say it. You're put here on earth for a purpose. God has given you a mission. God has given you an assignment. God has put you here for a reason, and you must get in his presence and receive your instructions. In his presence is where you're going to receive your marching orders. It's when you get face-to-face with God. But I assure you, you have to put aside the pride, you put aside the self-will, you put aside all the ungodly desires, and what do we do? We take up our cross. We take up our cross. We live in his presence. We receive our instructions and we obey. You know, one of the things that we continue to do right now, despite the challenges we have in our culture trying to gather, is we're still going to baptize people. You know, we do it a little differently. You have to sign up. So next, next Sunday, we'll do a baptism service. We'll have, we'll have people getting baptized here. We'll have a baptism team. You're going to need to sign up so we can make an appointment, so we make sure we have the right number of people present. Six, Romans 6, 1 to 11. The Bible says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we join with Christ Jesus in baptism, we join him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives since we've been united with him in his death. We will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God. So God is calling men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and to be baptized. And when we're baptized, what are we doing? We're dying with Christ. He died and went in the ground. We die to our flesh and go into the water. And when you come up out of the water, you come up to new life, just like Jesus came to resurrection life. And then after baptism, after you've been uh, surrendered to Christ, after you've given yourself to Christ, after you've been obedient to his command, it says, sin has no authority over you anymore. You have consider yourselves dead to the power of sin. If you want to be dead to the power of sin, you need to be obedient to God and you need to get baptized. So maybe you're streaming us today and you've given your life to Christ, or maybe you've never even given your life to Christ. I suggest to you, if you've never given your life to Christ, do prayer requests with our online facilitators and they'll pray with you and they'll, they'll lead you to the cross. They'll lead you to a place where you can repent of your sins and give your life to Christ. And if you've never been baptized, then I encourage you, go to our website and sign up. 
or if you get our newsletter, there's a link right in there where you can click the newsletter and you can, and you can sign up to be baptized or call the church here at the office and tell the receptionist, hey, I want to get baptized on Sunday. Don't wait till Friday night at 5 o'clock when no one's at the phones to call and leave a message. You're going to have to wait till next time. We need you to sign up if this is something that God's speaking to you to do. And then that leads me to the Lord's Supper. And some of you have been coming in to pick up your communion elements, and that's awesome. Some of you are using your crackers and your grape juice at home. That's awesome. You know, when we celebrate our covenant meal, he says to do this in remembrance of me. And when Jesus took the bread and he broke it, you know, really, his disciples were in his presence when he instituted this. And for us, when we come together in his name, we enter into his presence. And he says, do this as often as you gather. And I know sometimes it looks weird when you're gathering in the, in the living room, when you're gathering over a stream. But this is a temporary condition. We will gather again in person. We will gather face to face. But right now, no matter the distance, no matter who's with you, you can be face to face with your creator. And Father, I thank you for the bread in our hands that each and every one of us could seek your face every day. Lord, not for your blessing, but for relationship with you so that we can know you. We can know who you are. And Lord, as we spend time in your presence, I thank you that you're transforming us so that we can be the image bearers that you've called us to be. Lord, that we, your people who operate in humility, we operate in love. Lord, because we know you, we say the things you want us to say and do the things you want us to do. And we're a blessing, Lord, to our community. We're a blessing to our neighbors. We're a blessing to our families and those around us. Father, I thank you that there may be some who aren't using their time as wise as they need to. They're not maximizing their time. Their priorities are out of sync. I thank you that here and now at this place, at the table, that they can make the adjustments that they need to make in their heart. And some of you, in your pain, in your hurt, You misplace that anger and you aim it at God instead of Satan, who's the one who deceives and brings destruction. Make sure you aim your sword at the enemy of your soul, not the savior of your soul. Father, today I thank you that your forgiveness is released, that people refuse to hold grudges, that your people, Lord, they walk in holiness and they love justice. And Lord, as we go through this life, we know that knowing you, being in your presence, seeking your face, is one of the most vital things to our existence. So we put aside everything that keeps us from your presence. And we humble ourselves at the table today. 
and we partake in Jesus' name. In the cup, the blood of the new covenant, you know, the first prayer, we put aside the things that are keeping us from the presence of God. This prayer with the cup, Father, I thank you that we, your people, can stand face to face with you because of the blood of Jesus that made a way for us to be in relationship with you. And Lord, for everyone that's struggling to be in your presence, I thank you, Lord, that you're helping them to transition right now from the natural to the supernatural, from where they're at to your presence. That they could see you and know you and hear your voice as you speak words of love and life over them. So release, Lord, your love. Release your life. Release your power that only comes when people enter into your presence. And Lord, as your people, we thank you that our joy is complete. That we don't have to look to the world and its ways for happiness. In you, Lord, you complete us. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you all for streaming us today. We value and appreciate all of you. You know, we are revamping our Wednesday night service, so plan February 3rd, 7 p.m. We'll have the new format. We're looking forward to seeing all of you there. God bless you all. Go in peace and have the greatest day of your lives.